My name is Wazir. And my name is Gerald Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm excited. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. As we like to do uh, every episode, we want to bring you those blocks that you can build your business, build your dream. And one thing that we love to do on this show is bring people in on the show who are actually app- applying these concepts and ideas that we talk about, right? That's right. And uh, actually today we have a guest that you have known for many years. I have known for, I guess, maybe since I've been aware of knowing people, my life, you know, <laughs> so, as far as I can remember. And uh, this brother here has many businesses and... Uh, and he can give us a lot of great information on how to start and grow a business from scratch and let us know everything that that entails. So can you please introduce yourself and let them know what type of business you are involved in at the moment? Thank you, brother. Uh, my name is Brother Juan Mohamed Escutia. Uh, I have an a organization called Pueblo Boxing. It's a nonprofit organization. And then besides that, we, we're in the clothing manufacturing. We have a brand. And then we manufacture all our own boxing equipment down in Mexico. And so that's basically what I'm doing now. My entire focus is on that, uh, you know, that organization right now. Oh, that's amazing! I didn't know it was a nonprofit. So it's like y'all are able to, um, y'all are like giving back into that that boxing community. Is that what it is? Like absolutely, it was always a nonprofit, but uh, now so more than ever, we've expanded. Uh, we're in uh, at least count of the countries that we're in, but you know, a lot of countries in Central America, like. Uh, Cuba, Puerto Rico, uh, Colombia, El Salvador, uh, Mexico, of course. Uh, I have multiple gyms in Mexico, and then now we're over in Spain. So we just keep expanding our horizons, and the whole thing, the, the, the group is called uh, Boxing Without Borders. So what we're trying to do is just unite the whole, uh, the whole boxing community. So we still have, you know, our rivalries, you know, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and things of that nature, but uh, underneath all that, we're still brothers. Wow. Okay. I wanted to. I wanted to start back. Um, the origin story. Why does it like to say? Let's start with the origin, origin story. I like to know more about you, Brother Warren Muhammad. How you started? You know uh, where you grew up, where you went to school at. I mean, tell us about the uh, your origin story. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I grew up here in mostly in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, I only went to the highest grade I completed was the sixth grade. But they just, you know, kept pushing me up. Uh, I went to Galena Park Middle School and about six weeks of Galena Park High School. And uh, I just, I knew from a young age that it wasn't for me, that, I, that they were teaching me something that, I'm not saying it wasn't true, it just, it just wasn't for me. And I used to get in trouble purposely, you know, to, uh, to get kicked out. And then I, I seen that I was affecting the other of my friends. And I knew that just because I had decided that for myself, that it wasn't fair that I was kind of messing up their education. So I was like, just leave me alone. I'm going to fall asleep right here and, <laughs> and I'm going to do my thing and, and y'all do y'all thing. And, uh, I was fortunate enough that my mom signed for me that basically if I went and got a GED that they were going to let me get out early. Okay. And so that's what I did and I just went straight to work because my mom always gave me that example of, of doing for self. We didn't call it that, right? But that's what she was doing. And so I never knew her to work for anybody. And my dad had a, my stepfather had a third grade education and he opened up a a restaurant and he was very successful. And I was like, I want to be doing it. I want to be actually practicing it. I don't, I don't want to spend all this time in, in school. Like I just was about the business of doing it. And that's been my whole attitude forever. I don't like a lot of uh, uh, red tape and going from this and that. I like getting to work. Right. You know, and so probably around 
when I was 19 is when uh, I met a Muslim brother, uh, okay. brother name of Brother Lawrence Woods Muhammad. Okay. And he's the one that introduced me to the to the teachings and and that's where I learned the language of doing for self and right. things of that nature. But uh, it was really Minister Robert who, you know, at, at that young age, at 19, starts dropping these seeds on me. And even to this day, I was at the mosque this morning. Right. And it always seems like he's talking directly to me, you know, right. <laughs> keeps dropping those. <laughs> like today, one of them was focus on the youth. I'm like, man, that's that's, that's exactly that's, what I'm about, you know, right. focusing on the youth. And so I've always liked business, you know, yeah. whether my first business was like a, a taco truck. Right. Then I got into dry cleaning. Then I got into printing. Uh, so well, that, let, let me stop you yes, there sir. because I remember doing that that, that time. Um, because ever ever since I've been knowing you, you've been doing business. Yes, sir. I think you used to do pest control yes, at sir. the mosque, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you do, you you working? You doing your work? And you hearing us preach? Yes, sir. We preaching about doing. We talking about doing ourselves. But but you was in business already from right. from from the time I met you. But I remember when you did the taco truck yes, sir. over in Third Ward and how you was bridging the two communities. Um, it, did you have a sign or your yes, your, your, your logo um, dealt with pyramids? Was yes, sir. It pyramids? Yes, sir. I had the Egyptian pyramids and then I had the Mayan pyramids. Okay. And so everything, I feel like business doesn't have to be so separated. So there's like... There's like these two little things going on, you know, right. this yin and yang. But basically, you know, I've been taught the teaching. So I wouldn't, my mom had a restaurant, but they sold, you know, bacon, pork and everything else. And I said, I want to do something different. You know, I want to give the people something healthy. Mm -hmm. So I gave them turkey bacon, turkey ham, turkey chorizo. Right. And, and my mom's like, why do you want to put it in a black neighborhood? I'm like, how many taco trucks do you see around here? Right. You know, they like tacos. We like tacos. So that's right. That's why I put it there. And uh, that was the whole mindset. And, but you know, you're learning. I was mm -hmm. 20, 21. Really? Yes. You were like, oh. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> and, and even the name, like, Taqueria. I should have just named it the Hood Taco Stand. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you, you grow and you mature and you learn. People were probably like, what, what is that Taqueria? Like, they don't, mm -hmm. you know, probably didn't even know how to pronounce it, but they knew the, the food tasted good. Right. And there was a brother there selling something that, that was actually healthy. That's right. And actually cared about what he was feeding you and not just trying to take your money. Right. Yes, sir. I, I think that's still an opportunity because I seen on on YouTube over in LA there's a there's some uh, brothers and sisters out the hood that started selling tacos and they just stumbled up on it because you know uh, it's it's real big in LA just like it is in Houston taco reels tacos and all that and then they started the food trucks and 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 the stands and uh, they started selling. Tacos in the hood, and it just it, it became a, a big uh, rage. Right. It's like it's, it's a lot of them now yes, selling tacos in the hood. And I remember you did it back in the day. But mm -hmm. uh, you can go on with some of your other businesses because you are truly an example for us yeah. of what entrepreneurship looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. Like I had a paintball field right there off a of telephone road. I did that for about seven years, and I went there one time. Yes, I don't know sir. if you remember that. I yes, went there sir. with my friends. We was in high school, yes, sir. and we pulled up, and he hooked us up. He's like, "Yeah, yeah man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever you need, I got you." Yeah. I was like, "Man, I didn't even know you was doing this." Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It's always good to see family out, you know, supporting your business, even if you know they didn't know that you were there. But I seen them, I'm like, "Oh yeah, we got to hook them up." Yeah. And I mean, my message is, you know, you can make money off of anything. I don't care if it's a barbershop, dry cleaners, car wash. Uh, 
you just gotta choose something, I guess that 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 you that's that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're gonna be doing it a lot of hours, and I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think, you know, to be self-employed, I'm gonna be self-employed, so I don't gotta put in so many hours. Uh, you're gonna put in double. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go into business, so I don't have to take any orders. Uh, you're gonna take a lot of orders from a whole lot of people instead of just one or two people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's why I got out of the paintball. I got out of all of these businesses because. Like, I just wanted to focus all my energy around that one thing. I was like, what is it that that just makes me happy, that gives me peace, that I could do day and night and it don't feel like work? And this is boxing. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That was your passion. Where did you get that love for boxing? Did you grow up boxing or how did that? I did. Uh, when I was 12, 12, 13 or 14, um, I went to the Galena Park Boxing Academy with Kenny Weldon. I wasn't very good, but I always loved it. And uh, all my friends, you know, we used to get the boxing gloves and we'd be in the backyard and we'd be sparring. But what happened was uh, I met an individual at a car wash mm-hmm. and uh, he had a nice car. And I was like, hey, what do you do for a living? And he said, I own a furniture store. And I told him, okay, I have a couple of dry cleaners. And he goes, oh, we're looking for sponsors for a boxing gym that I just opened up. And I said, yeah, you know, I mean, I got, I think I had three dry cleaners at the time. I said, I think I could spare 200 from each one. Mm-hmm. We give you a little donation for this uh, boxing program. And when I got involved with it, I was like, this is cool. You know, anybody can open up a dry cleaners, but to have a program that actually gives back and youth uh, taking advantage of something that's actually going to help them. That's what kind of woke, woke it up inside of me. And I said, this is what I want to do. All right. then. Yeah, how I, how important is it to have something like that? Because it seems like boxing show, teaches you more than just the athletic part of it. It seems like it's teaching you like determination or, or discipline, and even on top of the athletic, how to fight type thing. So how does it affect the youth, you think, in that way? Like, Well, I could tell you what it did for me. I mean, I think any sport is good because it teaches all that, that things that you just mentioned, but boxing in particular... When you get in that ring and it's just you and that other person in front of you, you can't pass the ball to somebody else. You can't depend on someone else to rescue you. So you learn to depend on those who care about you, which is your corner. But then when that bell rings, it's just you and him. And, you know, so that's that's business. You know, that's life. So that's what I think. It gives youth more than anything a self-confidence, a belief in themselves, and to, to learn to rely on themselves and their own ability to, to face any opponent that they have in life. Mm. Man. So how did y'all, how did, so you said it's, um, did it start in Houston, Texas? Like yes, sir. When it started, how did y'all, and like what were the first steps to you taking it abroad, like to, to the other countries? Like, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the first thing was, um, it, it was just a boxing gym. I, I had no intentions of uh, doing anything global. You know, I just wanted to open up a boxing gym like any other gym and mm-hmm. hopefully we hit the lotto and, and make a champion. We actually did. One of them is uh, Marlena Sparza. She walked in when she was uh, 11 years old and 10 years later she was fighting and the, she's the first woman to receive a medal at the uh, 2012 Games of London okay. in the Olympics. You know, so, and it was crazy because I remember when she walked in at that time, it was our first year and I said, you never know, one of these children that's walking in could be our next, you know, Olympic gold medalist. Right. And then boom, you know, and then I says they could be the next Oscar De La Hoya with Oscar De La Hoya. Okay. <laughs> you know, ah. so. so that's what I was wondering. Are you part of uh, the fight promotions? Do you 
Do you promote fighters or manage fighters? No, no. And, and at this time, I don't even have an interest in it because I, I believe it, it, it becomes a conflict of interest. Okay. So right now, my whole thing is support. Um, support the youth, support. I, I work with a couple champions. Uh, I sponsor some of the programs. A lot of champions do things like Christmas giveaways or projects in, in their own neighborhoods. So we'll sponsor them and help them out. We'll see how we can collaborate. But I don't go into the professional on that because then it becomes a conflict of interest. So when I show up in these countries, they're like, he's, still, he's, he, he's here to maybe steal our fighters. I'm like, I have no interest. I have no no affiliations. I have no fighters under contract. Uh, inclusive of the, all these gyms that I open up, there's no contracts. Okay. All these gyms that I've opened up in all these other countries, it's, it's a handshake. Okay. And, and, you know, five years gone, uh, it's worked out because the intent, it's, it's clear as day of what I want. And we both agree on it and we're doing business. Okay. Yes, sir. Wow, great. So, uh, so that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, so you just went into the what? Did you have to buy the the land that you built the gym on, or do you repurpose warehouses? Like, how you how do you turn something into a boxing gym? Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think the the easiest way and the way I've done it is just renting a space. You know, renting a space. Um, there's probably 70 gyms here in Houston, and I don't know, but maybe two that that actually own the the building. Because most of them have a daytime job. You know, nobody is trying to get rich off of boxing because they're only catering to like 50, 60 youth. And I don't care if you charge 100, that's only $5,000. So that's not really any kind of retirement money. So most people have a daytime job. You don't get into boxing to make money because uh, you won't last very long. You know, if you run it then, but there's two ways to do a gym. One is to do a nonprofit after school program dedicated to kids, no problem. Keep your day job, you're gonna need it. And two is a cardio, which is all your title boxing and these uh, nine round fitness. And they cater st strictly to people that just wanna use boxing as a way to get in shape. That's a good business. I mean, people are paying 200,000 for those type of franchises. So my, my cry to my boxing community is, like what I did in, in Wichita Falls, I merged them. I have amateur and cardio, and, but, but my cardio is 90% of my business, you know, nearly 400 members, uh, and it's 70% women, and it's all cardio. They're there just to hit on the bags and, right. and get the boxing workout without actually getting hit in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a serious workout right, right. there, boxing, man. Yeah. Wow, you haven't known Well, you know, I'm interested in, in uh, you told me earlier about manufacturing. Yes, sir. Um, you have your own merch. Right. I, I see, um, who's that, that, that heavyweight champion? Uh, Wilder. Wilder. I seen a clip of, of him uh, promoting a jacket. Yes, sir. It's Wilder that, to this day. That, yeah, to this oh, day. Okay, okay. Day, that, that went, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I guess it went viral. Yes, sir. And, uh, and, and, and that was a brilliant marketing technique that you use him wearing your jacket. Right. Um, but tell us about your merch. Sure. Well, that particular story is a very interesting one because, you know, um, my wife has a, a baby product line uh, that kind of spin off of, of what we're doing. And it's basically boxing equipment for babies. And Deontay Wilder's wife reached out to her about getting some gloves for their baby. 
And she's like, do you know who this is? I'm like, I don't know who that is. And that's like, that's Deontay Wilder's wife. I'm like, well, <laughs> send them this jacket, these t-shirts and anything else they want. Right. And so we took a gamble and didn't say thank you, didn't, you know, he's busy. And I said, okay, well, that's a wasted jacket or whatever. Next thing you know, he's doing an announcement for like the biggest fight of his career and he's wearing the jacket. Oh, man. And that just reminded me of the words of um, the guy from FUBU, uh, Damon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. He said about proof of concept. You know, here's a brother who who didn't really care who we were, what we were doing, didn't bother to say uh, thank you, but he did the best thing he could do, which right. he put it on. That's right. And next thing you know, you know, he's wearing it on TMZ, he's wearing it to the airport, and that's proof of concept because there's no intention to help us out. He just had all these different things to wear, and he decided he's going to wear this uh, green Pueblo boxing jacket. And that lets you know that the product is good. You know, when, when some total stranger says, hey, this is what I want to wear. And then I've had clips of him, you know, on different uh, TV shows and he's still wearing the jacket. So, Man, that's, that's, that's an endorsement. It's, yeah. worth, it's worth millions of dollars, you yes, know, sir. for, for uh, a, a famous athlete to, to endorse your product. Right. And so I had the choice, you know, because I know I could have put something together and said, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. To, to put on this jacket. But I'm always trying to figure out how am I going to get the maximum bang for my buck? And so I said, if I throw this at him and then I don't get the results that I want, I'm going to be not too happy. So what I did instead was I said, no, I'm about the work first. Right. So I opened up all these gyms, did the work, let the work speak for itself. I'm flying to all these countries, taking care of them, sponsoring them. So that when it finally gets to these champions, they're not asking me for nothing. They're just throwing the jacket on. Right. And I'm like, if I would have put that 50000 that I used to open up all these gyms into them, right. and, and then I didn't get the results I wanted, I was going to be upset. But even if the champions didn't end up wearing my stuff, I did all the work. I did what made me happy. I blessed a lot of people. And I didn't lose anything. Mm -hmm. You know, so... So, so how do you get the merch? Do do you get the merch from your gyms? Are you set up? Uh, are you seeing your your merch in the other stores, other outlets? Um, the merchandise is available like on soloboxing.com or mybabyboxing.com, and we manufacture most of it down in Mexico. And so, it was basically Pueblo Boxing was just your average typical gym that had a cool logo, but it wasn't until like I think twenty what was it, 2011, that I went down to Mexico and to my hometown. Uh, I just, I wanted to get another thing off my to-do list. And uh, that's where my, my father was buried. You know, that's where he's from. And I hadn't been there since I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And so when I went there, I started seeing where we're from is a major clothing hub. Mm -hmm. You know, T-shirts, jackets, shoes, anything leather, uh, boxing equipment, especially from Mexico, has a reputation of being the best, you know, because that's like multi equipment, you go to uh, Thailand, but, you know, boxing equipment, you go to Mexico. And so that opened up a whole nother world to me. And so I just started connecting it, always trying to connect it. Okay, my cousin does this, my uncle does that. And then I just started figuring out the products that were going to sell the best. All right. Yeah. Mm, so it's like a family business, like you're doing business within your relatives. Absolutely. And the, the business that's not inside my relatives is 
a relative of a relative. Yeah. That's your, that's your community. Yeah, your yeah, that's your people's. <laughs> I didn't know, and, and Pueblo means people. Yes, sir. Oh, so yeah, you know, do a visit with the people, man. Yes, but, uh, you know, we, we need to uh, uh, make a, a connect with you on the business building block logo. I think we got a, a, a catchy logo. Yes, sir. That'll look good on merchandise, you know, on a jacket or something. Not uh, only that, I just think that the, the three letters... You know, perfect letters, you know. Yeah, BBB? Yes, sir, because, well, they say they're not private. I don't know about all that, but they, they charge me my monthly, my, my yearly uh, <laughs> subscription to be to be a member. But, um, yeah, definitely. Um, you just keep, you figure out ways to, to be a value and to be of service to people. And then the money's going to follow. You know, um, I decided, and that's the best way, because in the end... If the money don't follow, you're good. Because if you did it from the heart and, and you were happy every moment that you were doing it, man, even if it don't pay off, it already paid off every day that you were doing it. You know? Right. Well, yeah. we're going to use this segue to go on to our sponsorship. Yeah, I about to say it's a good time to go uh, to our sponsor. You know, Business Building Blocks is a, a business talk show dedicated to entrepreneurship and economic development in our community. You know, whether you call it the hood or the barrio. Uh, so, Nation Products has been our platinum sponsor since the start of the Business Building Block podcast. And you can uh, you can visit Nation Products at, uh, here's our postcard. Yes, sir. Uh, at uh, nationproducts.com. That's nationproducts.com. And uh, a financial book that we like to feature, uh, uh, you can find on that website, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It tells you the difference between assets and liabilities. Mm. And uh, you want to work for assets and not money. You know, you get money from the assets. Uh, income generating assets. I remember one of the main things because of the difference between the way rich people think and operate and the way poor people think and operate. And uh, a lot of times, poor people invest their money in things that depreciate. Mm. And um, they take on a lot of liabilities and don't realize that that liability uh, is not is preventing you from building wealth. So look up Rich Dad, Poor Dad on nationproducts.com. And also, one of the fastest selling books on our website is called How to Eat to Live. Mm. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, How to Eat to Live. How to Eat to Live uh, is a, a dietary book that tells you how to prolong your life by eating right. Right. Another name for that right now is called uh, intermittent fasting and alternate day <laughs> fasting. So if you want to know the root of all that, you can find it in this book. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. And I, I'm sure that uh, in your field where you focusing on health and fitness, then you try to persuade your athletes to eat a diet to balance off with the exercise and all of that. Uh, working out right is the eating right, your dietary laws. And my wife and I came together to dedicate a book to my daughter, who's now studying biology at the University of Houston, Chemistry for Children. Chemistry for Children. What we wanted to do was introduce our children to science at a young age. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll vilify that our, uh, you know, in school, you know, school is a weapon used against us. 
And uh, they say, well, we, we got low test scores, you know. Um, uh, we have difficulty. Our schools are always failing mm. because they don't put the resources in our schools. And plus, they're always telling us about slavery and how Columbus discovered America. And we're always the buddy end of the joke. Mm-hmm. So that don't inspire us because we don't see ourselves in, 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 in the picture. But if we knew uh, that uh, we that chemistry is a part of our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we looked at the periodic table and looked at uh, what are those elements in the practical world? Copper, for instance. So you can show them a penny. You know, uh, this coin was made from copper. Um, air that we breathe, you know, oxygen. Um, that's the element oxygen. You need that to breathe. Um, some other elements, uh, you remember why is it? Helium. So, helium. Helium. That's helium uh, and hydrogen. Helium is the is the balloon. Cause the balloon to go up. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen is the uh, element that, that fuels the sun. And that's why the sun is burning. So uh, we give them a water, H2O. Uh, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. So we introduced that to them when they're real young. So when they get older and they take chemistry, it ain't foreign to them. Because they was empowered at a young age. That's chemistry for children. Go to nationproducts.com. Those books were the uh, three books we wanted to feature on uh, Nation Products, but also Wazir Music, and we carry Wazir Music on nationproducts.com. But you can also get Wazir Music on iTunes and other streaming sites. Uh, He has an album entitled Photon Fever. Photon Fever. I don't know if you heard Photon no, Fever. This is going to be our guest yes, to you sir. at Thank the you. Building Blocks. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. He also did a, a, a track, um, a reggae song. You want to talk about that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's a single I dropped. Uh, It's a reggae song, but it, it has like a... Most of the music I do is a fusion of, of a few things. So it's like Latin... It's a Latin mix, it's a reggae mix, and it's also like a hip-hop mix in there, too. We also have some live uh, guitar playing on top of that from Tyreek ID. And uh, it's just one of my songs that I put out, you know, venturing into different uh, different areas that I haven't, you know, yet tapped yet, because I'm a producer also, so I, I produced it and everything. And uh, yeah, it's a song, it just discussed, it's called Have It All. It discussed... At the time I wrote it, it was a time when they were uh, putting the children in the cages at the border. And I just wanted to write something that was talking about, you know, the earth belongs to the righteous, basically. And saying that these borders that that have been drawn up for us, these are artificial borders. They're not real. You know what I'm saying? And who determines on what part of this earth belongs to who and who can benefit from what in each land is, is, is just made up and also is racist and stuff like that because if you come from Canada they don't do you the same way as if you came from Mexico or any of the Latin American countries so that song was just inspired by that and it made me go back to where I was from east side of Houston, Texas just talk about how I wanted to take what I did from from that small area around the world so that's it. what Have It All is about Have It All yeah yes, and um, now we can go into uh, some public service announcements alright public service announcement number one is the final call newspaper the Final Call newspaper. Uh, this issue is young, gifted, and bold in 19, uh, I mean 2019. Young, gifted, and bold. And it talks about the young, the youth entering leadership. And um, it's the Final Call newspaper. 
covers news throughout, not just for the Muslim community, but for our community, black and brown, throughout America and international. Mm. So subscribe to the Final Call at finalcall.com. You can get a digital subscription at digitalfinalcall.com. But support the Final Call newspaper. Um, it's going to empower you with knowledge. And it's independent. It's not just face. What, 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 fake false, news. Fake news. <laughs> yes, and and uh, propaganda that's found in mainstream media. Uh, Trump calls it uh, fake media, doesn't he? Uh, alternative truths. Mm-hmm. Where there's no such thing as alternative truth. It's either truth or it's not. And oftentimes uh, it's misinformation in the mainstream media. Because they have a corporate interest. But uh, the final cause is financed by the people. So you're getting uh, unadulterated truth here. Go to finalcall.com. Especially right now when, when, you, when you're going up and down your timeline and you don't know. When you read an a article, a headline, and you're like, man, I wonder if this is, like, if this is real or is this fake because it just doesn't sound right. Well, that's a newspaper you can go to that you know that's not going to, that has no alternative motive. They're going to give you the hard, straight facts the way it is. And on terms of nation building, the economic blueprint, as a public service announcement, we would like to talk about the economic blueprint. And, you know, um, the Europeans came to America and they stole the land. And when they brought us here to work the land, we worked for free. After slavery was over, we never got the 40 acres in the mule. So if we ever wanted to build economically, to rebuild our communities, the hood, the barrio, we have to have land as a basis for economic development. Um, real estate, you know, we need some land to call our own. So if the government won't give us reparations, then that means we need to give it to ourselves. And we can do it without firing a shot, without fighting a violent, bloody revolution. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is donate five cents a day. Five cents a day, that's 35 cents a week. That's $20 and some change in a year. Mm-hmm. So if we do that, there's millions of us. If we pool our resources, then we can buy the land. Then we can start farming and we can start everything that's necessary to do in building a nation. And uh, we can build our own houses from the trees. We can uh, cut the trees down and make them into boards. We can take the clay, make bricks. We can build our own uh, uh, community and we can create jobs. But it is, is a, it's a small tax that we can make, a small sacrifice, five cents a day. You know, I always talk about the sales tax in Houston is 8.25% of every dollar. Mm. That means for every dollar you spend, you spend an eight, eight cent to the city, to the government. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily get all the benefits from our tax dollars. And that's just one tax. It's not including the income tax and any other tax, the uh, property tax and all the other things they hit us with. That's just sales tax. But if we were to tax ourselves and to raise money for a land, that's economicblueprint.org. Now I'm going to get back to boxing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I want to ask you, Brother Juan, what, t- to be an entrepreneur, you know, there's... You say there are a lot of people you have to answer to, but at the root of that, you have to be like a self-starter in a way. So what what is inspiring you at the moment to move forward? Like what drives you at, at this time? Right. Well, you know, 
when I first started and people would ask me that question, I would tell them, man, you need testicular fortitude, right? <laughs> you know, because you're going to face a lot of battles. But I think the right word would be love. You got you to gotta love it. And the same way that a mother would go into a burning house to, to rescue her baby, it's not that she's brave or anything. She just, she, what's in that fire is more valuable than her own life. And, you know, so when I'm of service to people, that's what makes me happy. You know, I mean, I don't care how much money I make. Uh, I don't forget about where I come from. And, and I just like being among the people. So to be an entrepreneur, I feel like you have to first be a good employee. If you weren't a good employee, you were always late. You don't care about your job. You don't care about customer service. You're going to take that to your own business and it ain't going to last very long. So if you want to be a good boss, you got to be a good uh, employee. Um, you don't have to be there long, you know, just, uh, that's what I would recommend to young people. It's like, you're at a job. These people spent hundreds, maybe millions of dollars developing that corporation that wherever you're working at, try to get all the information and resources that you can learn from, from the work that they've already did. You know, so like I give you an example, when we were thinking about when we got the idea to create, um, baby boxing trunks, I'm like, how do I, how do I figure out the sizes? Do I got to do a survey with a thousand babies and figure out? Nah, I went to Walmart. They already did the work for me. That's right. I got the six to nine month, the 12 month, the 18 month, 24 <laughs> month. Bought those and made my own molds. And same thing, I got into the shoes. Okay, how do I do the shoes? Same way I did the trunks. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. these people already did all the work, you know, so we're just going to go and, and pull from what they've already done and apply it to ourselves. We don't got to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. We just got to make it better. I'm, I'm concerned how you got into these other countries. Yes, you sir. started in the United States. Did you have any barriers going international? No, nah, no, sir. Because, um, you know, once you learn that, that uh, the land is the righteous. So, you know, I went to Mexico and I started doing good business. Uh, they started making the shirts. And I was like, from the day one when I got there, I was thinking like, how do I give back? What can I do? And so my brother was like, I wanted to put a boxing gym. And he goes, man, that's too much trouble. You got to buy the land, build the building, figure out who you're going to hire. I said, you're right. That, that's too much work. Find me a gym that's already existing. And then we're just going to sponsor him. I'm just going to give him a little facelift. And that's what he did. And so I did that for five years. You know, I did that for five years. I paid their rent. Their rent was $125 a month. It was nothing. And I, I gave them uniforms and things of that nature. And then in uh, 2016... I was like, I want to take it further. So the same, I already had the blueprint. So I opened up, and that one year I opened up five more mm. in Mexico. And then in uh, 2017, 2018, that's when I started going to the other countries because I already had the blueprint, right. you see. And it's like, it's like the bamboo, you know, you're, you're watering it and you're watering it and you don't see it. You don't see what was going on underneath. I knew that I was just feeding this thing. I was just feeding it, feeding it. And, and in one year, on my fifth year, it just shot straight up, okay. you know? And like uh, last year I went to Colombia, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, El Salvador, um, Spain. Okay. So, and it just kept growing, you know? But now I can, I can point to something and they can see it. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Wilder was wearing your stuff. So-and-so was wearing your stuff. Okay. Oh, I seen the, the clip of what you did in this country. So they're like, oh, he picked us. We're next. Right. And then we just... Oh, that's an honor. Yes, sir. <laughs> they greet you with open arms yes, when they sir. see you. When I went to El Salvador, I was actually trying to get into that country for, 
for two years uh, with one particular person. And I just got tired of waiting because I was like, I really wanted to do it because he's a world champion. And I really wanted to do it with him. But for whatever reason, he was just kind of dragging his feet. Man, I got on social media, started looking up Salvadorian boxers and gyms, made the connection. And literally in one week, shot them the video, shoot them the pictures of what I've done. And they said, come on. And three weeks later, I'm there and I'm putting the gym. All right, man. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So I heard you say that their rent was only one twenty some. So is it is it cheaper to do business overseas in, in different countries compared to America? Yeah, in different countries. But mm-hmm. like the one in El Salvador, there is no rent. The government gave them the building. So basically all I did was give them a facelift. I, I repainted it. Put They had one punching bag for like 40 children. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I just gave them all the equipment they needed. You know, uh, do y'all make those too? Yeah, everything. Everything that we donate is because we manufacture it, so oh. that way we can control the cost. And you know, like if I were to give them um, that that donation right there was probably around thirty five hundred. If I give them thirty five hundred, it's gone in like a month, two months on whatever, and you have no control over what they spent it on. So what I'd rather do is instead of giving you money, give you the- give you the equipment that I know is going to last long because I've already tested it in my gym. And it's going to last you years. Mm. You know, so my, I'm going to get more bang for my buck. And my donation is going to be there for years serving that community. Now, I know you was talking about a nonprofit. And the gyms are nonprofit. But your merch, is that part of the nonprofit or that's no. a separate company? Yeah, it's a separate company. That's called uh, uh, soloboxing.com. Mm. And it's Hecho uh, Solo Para Campeones, made only for champions. So that's the brand that manufactures the equipment that that Pueblo Boxing donates to all these gyms. Right, and I kind of see, I, I kind of see, the uh, the social work really um, promotes your private work because right. you can you can um, you can create a demand really from the gyms, and then you, you got to supply the demand, so right. you, you become the supplier. Right, and yeah. you see that the intent has to be really wanting to do the social work because it's a gamble. And if at the end of the day, it don't work, you're going to be a bitter old man because you're like, man, I gave all these gloves away and and nobody ever bought none. It it don't matter. I'm still selling gloves. But even if I didn't, I'd figure out a way so that I could still keep my social work because my social work is what what makes me happy. You know, the selling of the gloves, I just do that so I can continue what I love. And then other people can, can... Donate well. You can get grants, or you can get donations uh, into the nonprofit. You could, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't personally have nothing against it. But everybody talks about that. Everybody talks about these grants, and this, I'm not saying they don't exist. But what I do does exist is that people need boxing gloves. If you create a brand and you create something that people want to wear, they're going to buy it. And so, rather than waiting on them, I don't even use the word donation. Okay, I say go to soloboxing.com. You see something you like, you buy it. You know, simple as that, you know? So you pretty much are financing it. Yes, sir. You fin- well, the people you fin- are financing the it with their purchase. Finance it. They yeah. finance it, okay. Whether they, okay. They, whether they want to finance it or not, you know, it, because most people just buy the product because they like it. Okay. They're not necessarily, I'm buying this T-shirt because I know it's going to do this. Right. You know, and that's the way I want it. I mean, I, I, I like that because you're not dependent. I mean, I've been I've been looking at this thing from the work that we're doing, and the local organizing committee. Uh, you know, we set up the 
local organizing committee of the Million Man March. And uh, we have Trade and Commerce, a part of that local organizing committee. And it's, it's always a, a drive whether we're going to do things in the private sector or, we, or we're going to do things nonprofit. And if you do things nonprofit, then you have to get raise money like grant money and get donations. If you do things in the private sector, then you have to compete in the marketplace. Mm. And then I was thinking, well, we don't really want to be dependent mm. on on being nonprofit. We don't be put all our, ba- our, our eggs in the basket mm-hmm. of having to raise money instead of com- competing in the marketplace. But you have found a way to do both. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the NFL find a way to do both. They claim to be a nonprofit, you know, so you give the people what they want. What is it that they want, you know? And when you figure out what they want, uh, then you start investing into that brand. And I mean, I see, I think it was where I got the idea for the whole bomber jacket was uh, Jay, not Jay-Z, Kanye West was wearing a black one. And then I started seeing everybody, they were even in Walmart. I said, well, I just need to put a boxing twist to this and I'm going to just jack that, you Mm -hmm. know? So, yes, sir. Mm. And I like that because then it's a brand that that means something. It's not just like, it's not just for oh yeah boxing whatever. But you, you, you. If you get a, a Pueblo boxing hoodie, you know there are gyms around the world that are helping countless amounts of youth and you know because who knows where they would be if they wasn't in that gym. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Or if that if that wasn't if the gym wasn't even up to standard, how you go in there and bring it up and give them all this equipment. Like, I can just imagine what that does for that community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, just recently I heard the story of Canelo where his brother actually uh, gave him a pair of boxing gloves. I think he was, like, 12 years old. And that set him on the path of where he's now, you know, um, with the biggest contract in sports history or whatever. But I was like, wow, one pair of gloves did that for one individual. So what is my thousand pairs going to do? You know, what if I can do something like, like I can inspire someone like his brother inspired him. So it it's, it's tangible. Like you, I've seen it, like even with Marlena Sparza, if I didn't, I could stop right now and never do nothing again. I've already had my champion that came out of my gym, out of a program that I established to become, you know, something, you know? So it's like, at the end of the day, you just... As Muslims, we have to be at peace. You know, we have to be at, Mr. Robert talked about that, being at peace with death. But it's like, what does that mean? To me, it means like, if it all stopped right now, could I look back and be happy with what I did? I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And a lot of people go through life searching, you know, for that one thing, you know, they say, when I get this car, when I get this house, when when I do this, how about right now? You know, where are you at with what you got? And, you know, so once I realized that, man, I've been wearing Pueblo for 20 years now. All know, right. This is my uniform. You see a picture of me. I'm, I'm wearing something with Pueblo boxing because I'm living my brand. Right. You know, I, I don't have to try to impress nobody. I drive a little 2008, 2009, 2011. These are my different cars. But they're paid for. I don't, yeah. I'm not trying to keep up with nobody. I have a little two-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. But I get to to travel the world and to bless people and that's what makes me happy. Yeah, man. So how many uh how many do you how many empl- do you have employees? Do I have employees? Yeah, I have a couple employees. Um I I don't really look at them like employees, right? But me myself is just my gym, right? Uh my gym. And then like I have like five major manufacturing units that I pretty much fund, but you know, 
they have an owner. So they have to basically, they're in charge of all that. Right. And I learned that from doing dry cleaning. So when I had, a, I had up to five dry cleaners at one time, I didn't have the machines. All I had was substations. And they go, you know, if you just open up your own, uh, you can make more money. I'm like, yeah, but then I would have more headaches too because I have to worry about all those extra people. So y'all keep that part and I'm going to keep, you know, my part. And so that's what I focus on. I want to focus on what I want to do because then that would go back the other way with the paintball field. With So I use them for what I need them, mm-hmm. which is the product. And then I go about the business of selling the product and building that brand so that it sells itself. Man. Oh. And yeah. I, I like what you're saying because that's similar to uh, construction management where you, you're you a home builder, but you're not building anything. I mean, you have all subcontractors. Mm-hmm. And you hire and you manage subcontractors. So it may be a hundred workers, but you don't you don't manage workers, you manage companies. Mm-hmm. And you schedule and you budget and you, you worry about management things and you don't deal with a big big uh big employee, uh a lot of employees. Everybody is contract workers and some contractors use contract workers mm-hmm. where that, that worker is independent. And file your own taxes and you just pay them as a contractor. And sometimes those contractors, they're literally just working for you. They don't have uh, anybody else that, that they uh, they work for. So they're a subcontractor, but you're basically the only person that's supplying them work. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just one less thing that, that you have to worry about, you know. Yeah. What part does the Internet play in, in your in your business? Because you got an online store mm-hmm. and I hear you're pretty active on social media, so... I, th- I think it's huge, you know. This is that uh, day and age where if, if you don't make money, it's because you don't want to make money, you know, because now with social media, you can go directly to the consumer and build that relationship as if we're right here, you know, dealing with each other. I got this one brother, my latest post, uh, uh, his brother Johnny and his wife, uh, I, I met them in Vegas, apparently. Some, they bought some merchandise from me when I was on the strip. But then we connected, and they've been buying products ever since, even though I haven't seen them again in person. Come out with the new product. They got to have the new jacket. They got to have the new T-shirt. And it's just people that have been following me on social media, and they love what I'm doing. They love the work that we're doing, so they keep supporting it. Man. So do do um, you have children too, right? Yes, sir. I have one daughter. Oh, so does she box too, or I don't know? No, no, <laughs> no. Thank God. no. Thank God. I don't want my daughter to box, and I'm about to hopefully start over real soon uh, with my wife, my new wife. Okay. And we're thinking about starting a family and whatnot. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want my children to box. I don't want them to get hit in the head. That actually makes me a better coach because the people that entrust me with their children, I'm like very protective of them. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And same thing with the education. Even though I didn't uh, finish, uh, I'm a strong advocate for it because I know the power of it. You know, so I, you know, and I advocated strongly to, to the youth because, and, and not necessarily just going to school, learning outside of school. That's right. probably the most important learning you're going to do anyways. Yeah, it seems like most entrepreneurs, they didn't really like school that much because they was like, I could be doing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what you're telling me, I, I have ideas to do it. Like, but I'm trying to figure, like, how did you get that? Or like, what are some avenues for someone? Like, I like the example you gave with the um, going to Walmart and figuring it out. So when you don't know something, like, how do you go about, like... Doing your research. Yeah, how are you doing this research yeah. to figure it out? Like, right. Well, I think the, the primary thing 
is that confidence. You know, so when my mom instilled in me that when there is no way, you make a way. So that's one. And then in boxing, you know, we, we meet our opponents head on. And if they could do it, why can't I do it? You So, so that's, that's just that simple. So I already know where I want to be, right? So I knew I needed to have the different sizes. How was I going to get those sizes? And what is the shortest way from point A to point B? I could have did the research like they did it, but it's already done. So I don't have to ask no one. I just go into Walmart and I get it, you know? And now with the, with the, with this type of information, you know, we're dropping jewels on people and there's a lot of other things we're talking about. But if you could pull the meat of what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, it, like Minister Robert, you know, mm-hmm. he, he just dropped one little thing. Like I'll give you an example. He said, there's more profit in nonprofit. You could spend that 10,000 ways. But the way I got it was you're, it's more beneficial to my soul, to my spirit. Not only that, but there's to me literally more money doing it nonprofit than doing it for profit. Because if I would have just had the mindset, I want to build the best glove, pay this person 10000 this person 20000 man, that sounds expensive. Yeah. I did it the other way, you know? Sponsor this, sponsor that. Let the brand grow, grow organically, you know, same way FUBU did it. Mm-hmm. He didn't pay LL Cool J 20000 He said, here, just put this on real quick. Snap, that's it. Got it. Mm. Man, now now people can take what you did and write books about it. Yes, sir. <laughs> and now there, there should be people studying you in school and your success. And hopefully our audience are learning. We had a, another testimony. I got a call from a brother that had a great opportunity. And he said, I've been listening to the podcast. And he said, the things that y'all talk about, I act on it. He's an entrepreneur. Yes, sir. So he acted on the things that we discussed. Right. And his benefit is growing his business, yes, sir. giving him bigger opportunities. Uh, he taking advantage of uh, major opportunities because of the things that we discuss. So it's value in that, mm-hmm. and it's, it's value in every guest. And, and and those of you in the audience, you need to look at at that value and and, and use it in your own business. Yes, sir. We in a new year, 2019. I want to know uh, what are your next plans for this year. Do you have anything that's going to be unfolding in the near future? Or? Right. Yeah. Well, right now, I'm just I'm just with the thought of opening up in more countries. I just want to keep expanding globally, you know. And I wish I could tell you I got this plan. I've been had this plan for the last 20 years, but there's really no one that I can point to that's done what I'm doing, you know. So I have to look at the same way I fell in love with the nation. Uh, and I, I pulled out, out a message to the black man, a universal uh, message for myself. So when I look at other businesses, I just like look at the universal principles that they're using. And I have to apply to my business because there's no one that right now that we can point to this that's doing exactly what I'm doing. Nike hasn't done it. Adidas hasn't done it. Nobody's gone into these countries to establish gyms, to sponsor them, to build champions. And, and I'm the first one to do it. All and right. so I, don't, I can't point to someone and be like, okay, what else did they do? I, I'm creating my own path. But to create your own path, you have to look at people that have traveled similar paths and say, okay, that's what he did. Bam. Got it. That's right. Yes, sir. Man. Well, this is the Business Building Blocks podcast. And what we like to do is we like to give the audience blocks to build their business. And we ask when guests come on to give 
one block or one piece of information that they can use to be successful, something that you've used, just a common thread throughout your whole career of opening, closing businesses, doing this, what was the common thread or that one block that made you successful? For me, I think it's being of service to people and figuring out how to be of value to them, you know, whether it's cleaning their clothes, feeding them, training their children, figure out how you're going to be of service to people and to be of value to people. The money's going to follow after that, but that's the key. And for them, they have to choose something. I would think since you're going to be doing it 80 hours a week, try to find something that you love, that you're passionate about, that no one has to wake you up, that no one has to tell you, hey, stop what you're doing and get back to work. You know, you do it just because you love it. Yes, sir. All right, then. The only thing I want to add is, I, I know you mentioned some websites. Your contact information, uh, we want our audience to leave with how they can contact you and if you can get those websites out again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Soloboxing.com is where we have our boxing equipment and our clothing. And then uh, mybabyboxing.com uh, is where we have our baby products. Uh, and if they want to reach out to me as far as, you know, opening up a gym or just getting some advice on equipment and whatnot, they can reach out to me on my social media, uh, Pueblo Boxing. All right. All right. Uh, as far as business building blocks, um, we want you to be able to, to find us. Right now we're on Facebook Live. But Business Building Blocks is on the podcast app um, that you will find on your iPhone. Uh, otherwise, you can go to SoundCloud.com and uh, type in Business Building Blocks. You'll find us on the SoundCloud platform. Also on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Did I miss any? No, you got it all. That's it. Yeah. Go cop that single from Wazir. I have it all. It has that, that uh, rag Latin. Yes. Afro beat type Is style. this on this? It's not on that album. Oh, okay. You know what's funny about the album? No, the minister narrated that album. Okay. Yeah, so that's like a, that album was like an audio, almost like an audio movie kind of. So when you listen to it straight through, it has like a theme and everything. And I and he came into this studio and, and, and narrated. It was crazy. Like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the experience. And then, yeah, if you want to support my music, just go to any streaming platform. Follow me on Instagram, W-A-Z-E-E-R underscore Wazir. Uh, we still moving forward with the uh, with the Bars for Breakfast uh, series that I'm doing. And uh, more to come in 2019. It's good to be back. And if you want to sponsor the business building blocks, we have, we're on Cash App at uh, Cash App dollar sign BBB podcast. BBB podcast. It's three B's podcast. You can donate to the Business Building Block Show. One last thing. If you are watching right now, it is being filmed by Joseph Vons. That's right. Shout out to Joseph Vons behind the camera. He is doing his thing. If you have any events, if you also want to get interviewed, he has a show that he does. every. What's the name of your show again? The Journey. The show called The Journey. He actually just came back from... Uh, do I, can I say that? <laughs> he just actually came back from New York doing some interviews. So he's doing some big things. So y'all look him up, Joseph Vons on Instagram. Uh, also check out his music, Joseph Vons. And uh, we're going to keep on moving it forward. This is a, a, a media conglomerate that we're putting together. That's right. So if y'all like what y'all are watching, please support. The Cash App is BBB Podcast. We have so much more to come. We also want to do some on-site interviews. We want to do some mini docs where we go to people's businesses, go in there and show how they're doing in it. On-site things. So if y'all want to see us expand the brand, expand the podcast, that's how you support. And we appreciate you listening. That's the biggest support that y'all can do right there. And go and, and support Pueblo Boxing. Absolutely. And, and follow them on Facebook, 
subscribe, uh, follow, you know, and support. You know, get you that jacket that the champion had on. Absolutely. Any last words for the for the people before we, no, before we close out? Thank you, brothers, for having me, and I wish you much success. I've been watching, you know, the the different podcasts. So I just wish you wish you much success and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks, so get the building.